The Taker was once a man. Historian, arcanist, and artist came together in a single individual. His curiosity took him to the farthest reaches of the darkest plains. He would find the perfect dungeon, the greatest test of any adventurer or party. But what began as a fascination became an obsession the day he found the artifact. He knew, then, that he didn't need to find it. He could build it. It was so obvious. It was there, in the plane of dreams, that he made his home and began his research. But at the heart of experiment is iteration. How will he test his creations? Hi, I'm Sully. I'm a DM and host of the podcast, How Friends Roll. But this is Advantage. Our adventure tonight begins at your day's end. You wrap up your final responsibilities, completing those last chores to prepare for the day ahead of you. You've done some minor cleaning. You've prepared your lunch for the day. You've washed. Once all tasks are completed, it's time to rest. You lay down, muscles a little tensed from the hard day's work, and succumb to exhaustion as the darkness swallows you, and you enter into a deep slumber. You start to dream. The darkness begins to clear. You feel a firm, slightly uncomfortable surface beneath you. Is that a chair? You feel around and confirm as you take stock of your surroundings. The floor is tiled and glossy. Your blurred reflection looks back at you from the ground below. Lanterns hang from the ceiling at varying heights, emanating a faint, magical light that fills the room. You're curiously aware of your surroundings. This is definitely one of your more vivid dreams in recent memory. You follow the lights down this narrow lobby to a desk at the other end. A human woman sits there, mid-forties, wearing reading glasses. She's scratching away at a notebook and has not yet looked up at you. As you continue to scan the area, a grizzled dwarf materializes on the sofa across from you, and next to him, a human boy. Also still in their sleepwear, they look around in bewilderment as they try to understand what's going on. You can see their fear, and it's here, in this moment, that you realize, while you may be unconscious, you are very much awake. From the desk across the room, you hear, Next! And that's where we're going to start. Mm. Uh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we walk up to the desk. Wait, don't, hold on, don't say we. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I walk. Uh, Curtis will walk up to the desk. All right. So Curtis heads over to the desk. And uh, as, as you walk over to the desk, you look around the room, and you can see uh, a bunch of frames lining the walls. They're all empty, and they actually feature no artwork. In the center of the room are a couple of tables and pedestals, display cases, and they're all mysteriously empty. 
The room is pretty chic, but otherwise featureless. At the desk, you can see a sizable plate engraving with the letters LJD inset into the front of the desk. The woman looks up at you and says, Hello and welcome. Hi. Thanks for being a part of our case study. We have a few questions for you before you can get started, but the faster we get through this, the quicker we can get y'all on your way. Sounds good. Go for it. I'm going to open the book. What's your name? Uh, Curtis. Curtis Flambard. Curtis Flambard. Okay. And you see her scribble down in her notebook. Uh, Age? Uh, 22. Okay. 22 years old. Oh, I I remember when I was 22. Uh, Occupation? Uh, Window cleaner. (laughs) Oh, window cleaner. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, A few years. Is that a uh, is that enjoyable work? Is it is it fun? Is it dangerous? It's it's not dangerous, just an average job, you know. Whatever it takes to oh, that make lo- the ends meet. That looks difficult. You're you're a halfling, right, Curtis? If I remember. That's correct. It's like oh, that that's a surprising occupation choice for a halfling. <laughs> how do you how do you manage? There, are, I've seen some big windows before. I, I've I've concocted several different tools that will help that help me. I've I've got it all figured out. Oh, interesting. And so he starts uh, scribbling some more notes down. Curtis, how would you say you feel about your present circumstances? How do you feel about your present situation? Do you know where you are? I, I have no idea where I am. Where am I? Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we'll get to that pretty soon. Uh, okay. Thank you very much. You may proceed. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Next. As she finishes uh, her statement, a, a door opens in the wall behind her. It slides open, and you are presented with an exit. All right. Go through the exit. Cool. Samick is gonna walk up. It was Samick, right? Yep. Samick. Okay, cool. And you're a dwarf, yes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, he- hello there. What, what's your name, Sugar? Where am I? I'm, I'm sorry? Where am I? Oh, I'm sorry. That's just the, it must just be the accent. I've, I've, I haven't seen many of your folk before. Uh, well, we're... You, you might say that we're designers. We're here to learn, to craft the perfect experience for adventurers all over the world. What's your name? Samick. Okay. Samick Blackbrew. Sam, Sam Mick. Okay. Blackbrew. You see your scribble. Okay. Okay. Uh, age and occupation. I'm 138 and I work at my pub, which I would very much like to go back to. Oh, oh. Now. Don't worry, sweetheart. We'll have you back in no time. Uh, ooh, that's that's fun working at a, uh, a brew pub. What Do you have a, a, a signature beer or a signature drink? What, uh, what's my the... favorite beverage is the land of milk and honey. It's a stout. Oh. Amber in color. Picture it in your head. Amber in color. Quite clear with a large tan head that slowly oh, fades. She's trying to keep up with your statements as she continues Fine to scribble. Fine beaded lacing that coats the glass walls. Strong light, fast rising streams of bubbles race to the surface. <laughs> it's aroma, caramel malt, combined mm. with a mild, cold coffee and a milk. Oh, and a interesting. Bit of coffee. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, man. I've always been more of a, a pilsner person myself. And the taste um, just r- reaches its conclusion. Samic, and there's this Samic, Samic, hint Samic, of Samic, Samic. roasted oh, sweetheart. malt. Oh, sweetheart, it's, it's fine. Uh, we, will, yeah. we will get you back to your flagon. As soon as, uh, but before you can even finish a single one, um, tell me, tell me, how do you feel about your present circumstances? Are you worried? Are you excited? Quite confused, concerned. I would like to go back. I was just asleep and in my bed. He says, "Okay, well, well, don't fear. Well, all you have to do is make it through uh, just a few rooms, and and then we'll we'll have our information. And assuming you um, survive." Then we can get you back what, home night in no what, time. What, what, Why don't what? you just go ahead and uh, proceed through the door, and, and I'll take the next now. And she and she waves over to. She looks over and, and basically stops. She starts ignoring Samick and just looks over at, at you and and waves you over. She's like, "Oh, right through there now, please." So I look up to the desk, 
where I'm being called to and just kind of also looking at Samick as he's going. <laughs> I'm more concerned about where I am. And she 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 see, she sees your your how unnerved you are and she tries to uh, assuade you. She's like, "Oh, do, don't worry. Trust me. Your fate is purely in your own hands." Uh, can I please have your name? Yisra Lauren. Yisra. Oh, that's a pretty name. Okay, uh, age and occupation. Oh, I'm 18 and I'm I'm a baker. Oh, wow, that's that's young for a baker. Do you have your own bakery? Uh, no, it, it's it's my parents. I work at it. Still learning. Oh, interesting. And she scribbles on apprentice. Okay, apprentice baker. Okay, and uh, uh, how, how do you feel about your, your present circumstances? Concern mostly. Uh, and I don't know anybody here. Who were those people? Uh, they were our other test subjects for the evening. <clears throat> you will be working through together. Did you say test subjects? Oh, did I say test subjects? <laughs> I meant guests. Like, guest subjects? Uh, yes, we're, we're, we're taking a, 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 a survey of sorts. Um, ah. I'll, I'll let Marcus explain that to you. Why, don't you. why don't you go ahead and follow through the door? Thank you so much for your information. Nope. Problem. And she writes a few more things down. Yessie, what was your, your race? I'm human. Human, thank you. Uh, okay, um, so uh, you make your way through the doorway, and so uh, Samick and Curtis get this first, but Yizra, as you follow through, you see them waiting and standing in front of this, in, standing in, just inside this door as it opens for you as you approach. And as you walk through the doorway, the doors close behind you and dissolve, leaving nothing but a plain wall. You find yourself in a 50-foot square room with stone walls and an elevated ceiling, but is otherwise almost bare. In front of you is a rather plain desk, um, which pales in comparison to the plain elf sitting at it. Uh, in comparison to the crisp designed look of the lobby you just left, it's pretty, pretty bland. And uh, he's sitting at the desk with his hand and a fist, propping up his head while he fiddles with a pencil. Once you're all in front of him, he begins to recite your instructions, uh, which are clearly memorized. And he says, Welcome to the assessment chamber. Here we will ga gauge your personalities to best determine how you can contribute to the success of our dungeon design. Please proceed. And then he gestures behind him. And behind him, in the, the dead center of the room, a small concealed panel on the floor slides aside, and a pedestal rises up. At the top of this pedestal is a single red button. So Yusa starts to walk towards the pedestal. Okay. Kind of looking behind him to see if the others will follow, and also at the elf <laughs> to see his reaction. All right, um, make a uh, just a flat perception roll, so it'll, you will not have a modifier right now. All right. Uh, that's a seven. That's a seven. Uh, okay, it looks like the uh, the elf is still fiddling with a pencil, and otherwise you don't really see anything else going on. Samick's going to go um, up and follow Yisra. Okay, so Samick goes forward with Yisra. Curtis is also going to follow. Okay. So the three of you guys approach this button with, uh, with Yisra in the front. Nothing out of the ordinary happens. You arrive at this pedestal. It is otherwise quite nondescript. You can see the, the workings of some kind of contraption, which are control the way it rises in and out of the floor. But uh, otherwise, it is a button on top of a, 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 a single small stone pillar. So Yeshua's going to reach over slowly, kind of looking at the other two, place his hand over the button, and he's going to press it. Okay. Uh, so Yisra presses down the button, it lowers down into place, and you hear a firm, satisfying click. You start to pull your arm away, and it doesn't move. At that exact moment, it locks into place and is attached to the pedestal. 
three shorter, smaller columns rise from uh, similar panels in the floor around you, revealing three items, one on top of each. You can make out what is clearly a healing potion on one, a metal bucket of water, and a black cloak on the third. And from its markings, you can recognize it as a cloak of fire resistance. Oh, God. At that moment, the button apparatus bursts into magical flame and engulfs Yizra. <laughs> I scream. Yizra. <laughs> uh, I run to the cloak. I run to the bucket. <laughs> so you run to the cloak. Yizra, I need you to roll uh, 2d8. Who was the first uh, to get, who got to the cloak? Uh, I, went to the, uh, I went to the cloak. All right, so Curtis goes to the cloak. And so Curtis, as soon as you place your hand <laughs> on the cloak, the flames immediately start to die down. For the first time, you turn around, and you can actually see that the elven man that was on the desk is looking at you and is holding a clipboard with his pencil in his hand. And he starts to scribble down, and he says, Prioritizing future advantage over present circumstances. Classification barred. <laughs> and, Curtis, you go flying back against the wall and are pinned at the other side of the room. And... Slowly, out of different compartments in different areas of the room, almost looks almost like like freaking Iron Man. Little uh, colorful pieces of parchment and colorful pieces of armor start flying out at you and start to attach themselves to your body, and you end up outfitted with this uh, brilliantly colored <laughs> armaments, and you're holding a lute in your hands, and your fingers feel more deft. You feel like well spoken and educated. Uh, out of nowhere, like. You feel like your talents were wasted as a window cleaner. As all of a sudden you ha- you're inspired, you feel all these uh, all these thoughts and ideas come into your mind. And we're going to talk about the ramifications of that in a moment. But you remain otherwise pinned against this wall as you, your mind reels, starting to think about all these new talents that have just been uh, basically inserted into your mind. And with that, uh, as the the flames start to die down, uh, Yisra, what did you end up rolling? I got a two. And a four. All right. So you guys were, you just, I have, I'm, I have it marked down here. We'll get to what it means, but you have six fire damage, uh, which you have just taken. Also, uh, it is important to note that, Curtis, you're actually, the last p- uh, piece of that little uh, moment that I just described is that the, or sorry, did I say, yeah, I said Curtis. Uh, Curtis, the last piece of that moment I just described is that that cloak of fire resistance actually does return to your back, and you are now wearing this cloak on top of your armor. So you actually have a cloak of fire resistance now. Okay. However, as soon as you... Sp- grabbed that, the other two pedestals dropped into the floor. So um, I believe it was Samick who went for the healing potion, or maybe it was the bucket of water. Uh, you didn't actually get there in time. I went for the bucket of water? Yeah, so Samick went for the bucket of water, but did not actually get there as they sank back into the floor. Okay. And uh, so with that, the, the pedestals have now all lowered down into the floor, and where the pedestal with the button on it was, a new panel opens up, and in its place rises up a second pedestal, and this time you see a scroll unfurled and with an empty face on it and a quill sitting on the, the pedestal itself. The parchment is actually floating above the, the pedestal, and otherwise you see no immediate effect. Well, I'm not touching this. I, I'm going to look at You said it was an elf uh, that was taking notes. Correct. What's going to happen if I touch this one? That isn't my place to say. Here's the thing. One of you two is touching that one. Look, I don't know what's going on here, but I just got burned. Uh, so. That was huh. a pretty good one. What? He, t- <laughs> he says, uh, 
That was a pretty good joke. What joke? <laughs> you just said you just got burned. <laughs> no, I literally got burned. And figuratively. <laughs> so, Salmic, was it? Curtis, was it? One of you two is grabbing that. Curtis is uh, very much pinned against the wall and cannot move. I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should probably let you say that. <laughs> Didn't mean to drive there. Sorry, Curtis. It's okay. Yisra? Salmic? If something happens to me, get ready to put me off, to, to put me off a fire, to, to, <laughs> to douse me with water or something. And uh, Samick's going to look at the Elven note taker guy and grab the quill. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. As you're looking at the, the Elven note taker guy, uh, he uh, scribbles something down in his, his, his clipboard and... Uh, Yisra, uh, you see curvy written script start to form on the parchment in front of you as uh, some force that you cannot see is writing. The following text begins to appear. I have an iron roof and glass walls. I burn and burn, but never fall. What am I? Uh. And beneath that text, uh, you see a bar fill up in floral written print and it begins to decrease slowly uh, uh, I, I shout out to everyone in the room assuming that they didn't hear it I have an iron roof and glass walls and I burn and burn but I don't burn down Whoa, what? it's a riddle <laughs> uh, is it a poorly made house with glass walls and an iron roof as you look at as you look at the parchment on fire, you you figure you've got about thirty seconds. Uh, I I'm on a timer here. Uh, I'm bad under pressure, guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, riddles, riddles. Is it is it the sun? Is it the ocean? Is it a book? Is it, is it a horse? <laughs> We're talking glass walls here, iron roof. Let's try to hone in. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, is am I a glass cup with a with a, a metal lid that's holding fire whiskey? <laughs> I don't know. Ten more seconds. Uh, oh God. Um, By Moradin, we gotta go. <laughs> What's gonna happen? I start looking at the the elf with like wide eyes. What's gonna happen? <laughs> You'll find out soon enough. Um, something maybe something that lights like a like why a, is it, like a lantern. Why me? Is it, oh, a is it a lantern? Is it a lantern? You're holding the writing utensil in your Oh my hand. god! Write it down! What do you write on the piece of parchment? Lantern. Alright, uh, so as you carve uh, lantern into the parchment, as right before uh, this, this bar uh, fizzles down to zero, you see the words sort of fade away from the parchment. The script reforms itself and says... Correct. Yeah, I could get used and, to this part thing. And <laughs> uh, it says correct, and then sorry about this next part. And at that moment, you feel a burning pain in your back. Oh my god! Samic, as uh, you can feel the image of a hanging iron lantern being carved into the skin of your back. And I need you to roll one d six, please. Uh, six. Six and uh, oh. so as you t- so wow six that's a bummer uh, so you're gonna take six piercing damage <laughs> Samick and so we'll just write that down now 
And as soon as it finishes carving in and, and your, your screams subside, uh, you hear the voice of uh, the elf behind you who says, Aptitude for deduction and intelligence. <laughs> what? Classification <laughs> wizard. In comparison to the bright and vibrant colors of the prior uh, event that you just witnessed, now only two, only only three or so items come flying out as a single robe, quarterstaff, and tightly bound leather book come flying out of the wall and into your hands and person as you are dressed and thrown against the wall right next to <laughs> Curtis. And so now you are both sitting against the wall, pinned, looking forth at Yisra, who is now alone in the center of this room. I'm sorry, Yisra. <laughs> and as you look back at Yisra, um, the three of you can start to hear uh, screaming in the distance. And you hear uh, what at first sounds like a cry of pain as it gets louder and louder and louder until you realize it actually sounds more like a battle cry. And a door opens up in the wall where your uh, wizard's garb just came out of. And a rather large goblin comes running in wielding a greatsword at you, Yisra. And he's sprinting at you with the sword held high. And I need to know what you do. So... I'm gonna try to sidestep his attack. Presumably, he's gonna swing his sword down. Uh, okay. He swings his sword down at you, and I need you to make a dexterity saving throw then. And we will just, it will just be flat, just the number. Uh, five. Five. <laughs> All right, so you try to dodge, and you don't. And so you will take, uh, well, I'll let you roll it. Uh, you will take uh, 1d8 plus one of slashing damage. Uh, so that's a total of four. That's a total of four damage. So you take four slashing damage, Yisra, and then the goblin actually just keeps running. So he runs right past you and then out another door that just opened up on the other side of the room, which was in a straight line from where he was moving. And you hear the voice of the elf one more time. Dodging oncoming attackers. Classification. Rogue. An array of small armaments, blades, daggers, and a black cloak instead of leather armor come flying out of the room that he ran into and attach themselves to your person. And rather than sending you flying against the wall, uh, you actually are just still standing there now outfitted, and the the tension is released from, or excuse me, the bindings are released from Curtis and Samick. And the three of you are now standing in this room. And uh, the elf says... Classification complete. Thank you for your time. You may proceed. Thank you. Proceed to where? And starts walking back to his desk. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Behind where Samick and Curtis are now standing, uh, one last door opens up into a sizable courtyard. I'm going to walk in. Yep, definitely. Yeah, hooray. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so we're going to actually get you guys set up with the classes that you were just assigned based on your actions. And I'm just and I'm just saying to myself, it's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream. <laughs> hey, friends. This is Sully, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master. 
Thank you so much for listening to the first ever Switch Series episode. I'm hanging out here with Joe of Advantage Fame. What's going on, Joe? Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is my show, but not my show today. That's right. Yeah, I have the reins today. Uh, for anyone that doesn't uh, doesn't already know what's going on from prior explanation on either of our shows, I am Sully. I'm the, the DM and host of the podcast How Friends Roll. Joe and I have sort of like teamed up a little bit to work together on a collaboration project, and that's what you're hearing right now. Man, how long ago did we start doing this? Did we start talking about this? February? I think that sounds right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we just um, connected on Twitter and we were just like, hey, we both have shows. We're both starting. Can we help each other? And this is sort of what came out of it. We we went back and forth a couple of times about uh, what what the potential plan could be. And ultimately, I think we landed on basically doing like a back and forth sort of system where we make a one shot encounter slash mini dungeon (laughs) that we then sort of throw over the fence to the other show and we can use each other's casts while we do it. I'm in the midst of writing a uh, pretty intense dungeon uh, for the (laughs) Friends Roll crew and um, I'm super duper excited about it. Basically for this project, uh, for the Switch series, we knew we wanted to do something collaborative and we wanted a way to just show off each other's stuff. Um, And we needed something that could be uh, semi-canon, but outside of the narrative enough not to like distract or take away from either the stories that we're telling. And we also needed it to be self-contained so that it like doesn't require a bunch of storyboarding or background and this is where we landed it was a absolute joy to record yeah amen it, it, i i gotta admit i gotta admit i'm real pleased <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy with how it came out i uh i finished editing the episode you're listening to right now just a couple of days ago and it is pretty great what you guys are listening to right now at this exact moment i've actually edited out most of the the background talk that happens but effectively when Joe and the other players for this first round were going into it. I didn't really tell them anything about what they were going to be doing. <laughs> I gave them a, a few basic prompts to design a, a character's personality without actually going through all the hoops of creating a real character. Because, as you have just listened to, uh, they are then basically given a class uh, based on their actions in my my little encounter. <laughs> and so right now, you're not going to hear them actually go through all the minutia of, of, of filling out those character sheets, but that's what's going on right now. And when they come back, they will actually have fully fleshed out characters. I, I can't believe I wound up with the wizard. That's, that's, the, that's the worst class for me as, as Joe to end up with. I don't know anything about how to do, uh, how to work any sort of magic class how in to 5e. Wizard, how to magic. I cannot arcane. <laughs> It was a mess. Yeah, but uh, ultimately, the, it was it was a really good time, and we, we had a blast. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, for now, like uh, it seems like we're going to go back and forth a little bit, so Joe's going to take the next round, which will air on, on my show's RSS feed mm-hmm. uh, with my cast members. Speaking of which, I finally uh, settled on a on a dungeon for you guys, and I'm yeah? super pumped about it. I'm writing it up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sully, do you want to talk about uh, your show? Just stuff about how friends roll? Oh yeah, you know, the whole reason we did this, uh, so, <laughs> so we can hype each other's shows. Uh, yeah, so I'm the DM of the podcast, How Friends Roll. It airs on every other Tuesday, actually on Off Week of Advantage, which you're listening to right now. Convenient. We have a, a rotating cast of characters, several personalities that all come on the show. Basically, it's actually a lot like this episode, and that's sort of like the whole the whole point of us doing this. <laughs> I basically like just constantly start thinking up of interesting, weird encounters and systems, and then sort of build a campaign around <laughs> making those things a reality is much more my style. Short form. Yeah, they tend to be shorter form, and I think like a friend of mine once told me something that describes my DMing style, which I thought was, was pretty perfect, is like, 
while you're listening to it, you're like, this is awesome and having so much fun. And then like once it's all over, you look back on it and you're like, I don't think that added up. That didn't make sense. <laughs> uh, I think at the very least, I think that this episode is a, is a pretty good uh, representation of my DMing style and, and the way my show works. So, I mean, if you're having fun today uh, on the off weeks of Advantage, I, I'd highly recommend checking out How Friends Roll. Please, definitely. Uh, we're on Twitter with at How Friends Roll. And um, give us a follow, subscribe to that feed, and, and, and come hang out with us and join our table. For members of my audience that are here, what's up, guys? You may have uh, literally just heard me say, come on over to this show because uh, it is what you're listening to right now is dropping on the exact same day as my most recent episode, which is now <laughs> up. So, uh, hey, guys, how's it going? But, uh, Joe, why don't you uh, pitch him? Like, to, I- Advantage releases episodes on our off weeks and, and is a pretty good compliment to our show. So, why don't you tell him about Advantage? Yeah. So, unlike How Friends Roll, which is uh, very sh- short form campaigns, um, Advantage is a. Uh, I wouldn't call it gritty, gritty, but I would call it heavier long-form campaign. We've been writing this consistent world and trying to make it, uh, mapping it out and character developing. Like it was a year of prep time that went into this, and so now we've got a uh, a really intense long-form story going on. Um, that's an absolute joy. Uh, Zach plays um Alaris Geldream who is a half elf wizard and Yessie plays um Grimton Steadyhand who's a uh dwarven fighter it's a great um, character name isn't it good I love Grimton Steadyhand's name and uh <laughs> the other two cast members that you didn't hear were um Steven who plays uh Ulrich Orman who is a gnome ranger and um Sarah, who plays Morlinde Lyclass, who's a um, elven druid, and I'm so pleased with the way their story is coming out. So, um, for all those who are coming over from How Friends Roll uh, and Sully's audience, make sure to get in contact with us, Advantage, um, on some social medias too. Our handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr are all at Advantage D&D, and we would love to hear from you. While we're at it, I need to give a shout out to Daniel Grayling, who did all of our graphic art, and Blake Bost for the uh, stunning original soundtrack. I had a lot of fun playing with your soundtrack. I, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, lining up the intro and outro music to perfect timed moments. Isn't I it fun? fun that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to give a shout out for Blake because uh, I was very surprised when you sent me the music just how many variants of your main overture there are. Right. It differs wildly, and I was trying to line up the perfect one so it sounded as much like the start and end of an episode of Advantage as possible, but I was just like, I spent a lot of time listening to the other tracks, so I was very impressed. It's really cool stuff. He's He should be very proud of that. Well done, Blake. You can find him at soundcloud.com slash Blake Bost. Uh, Labor of Love Graphics helped with the Advantage website, and you can reach them at laboroflovegraphics.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Let's do it. Right, so, uh, so Samick, as a as a former former brew pub owner turned turned uh, dwarven wizard, uh, you are standing in this room, just sort of feeling out what is what has just happened to you. As all of a sudden, it, you just feel you have this intimate familiarity with this this book that has appeared in your hands, and as you flip through its pages, you can see uh, runic markings and, and and little scribbled notes, and, and it's all in your own handwriting, which is very curious, and 
written on, on the insignia of the book on the up the spine are just a, a couple of like carved in almost shiny golden like loaves of bread that are like written into this the, this leaflet. It, it looks like a notebooks that you've written in before, but you obviously haven't ever owned this particular item and it still looks exactly like it is your handwriting. And Yisra, a uh, former baker, now turned uh, sneaky assassin thief, uh, as you, you, you feel like, again, an intimate familiarity with your fingertips, they feel lighter, you feel quicker, you feel deft, like you can, like you can move like, like the wind and with an equal amount of silence as uh, you guys move through this doorway, uh, trying to familiarize with yourself with these these items in your possession, uh, you all are carrying packs, and you, you, you look like you're outfitted for adventure, but none of you have ever left your hometowns. You're not really sure what to do now. Uh, so I'm just a little bit curious how you guys are feeling right now. Where? I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah? I'm excited. This is too strange. This isn't, this isn't my book. But I've got my handwriting. How do you know you didn't write it without realizing you wrote it? I mean, it's a dream, so... <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'll just go, just go with it. Go with it, Samek. Go with it, Samek. Okay. I feel... Okay. Good, guys. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like I'm a better version of what I was when I went to bed. I don't want to be here as much as you guys. I'd rather just go home, but something feels... Strange. You're not wrong about the strange. It's true. Is there another door in front of us? There is. There's one doorway in front of you leading into a large courtyard, which I will describe when you walk through, but I'm waiting for that moment. Let's go. I will walk through the courtyard. Uh, the door to the courtyard. I will also walk through the courtyard with a surprising air of confidence. However, nice. Yistra will turn it... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so you walk through, and you can hear the voice of, of the elven attendant behind you, as or the elven ward behind you, as he says, Good luck. And the doors slowly close, and just like the room before you, slowly dissolves and forms a roughly hewn stone wall, almost trapping you inside, and... Before you can even take in your surroundings, you're almost ambushed by an exuberant taffling man who says, Hey, everyone, welcome to our case study. Who's having a great time? Yay. I was hurt twice. <laughs> I'm not having such a great time. I am. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love Curtis's like, let's just, yeah, let's just do it, man. Let's just, let's yeah, just I'm on board. <laughs> I have a new tattoo on my back. <laughs> I mean, I also haven't been injured yet, so, you know. It's also true, yeah. <laughs> Gonna look at Curtis. Yeah, you're damn right you haven't been <laughs> hurt yet. <laughs> well, you're almost there, so keep up the great almost work. Almost where? No, are you telling me this hasn't begun yet? <laughs> <laughs> Behind me, you can see our latest prototype, which you guys will be testing with your lives today. <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope you are, too. In a moment, you're about to face off against our latest challenge. If you complete it and make it through alive, you'll be free to go with all your newfound ability and skills. If not, you'll wake up back in bed, or maybe I should say you'll end up back in bed. It's a, it's a big if there, huh? End up. Wait. Are you telling me that if I die in my dream, I die in real life? <laughs> Who says this is a dream? <laughs> By the nines. 
Let's just get through this. Still not sure what this is, but <laughs> all right, Curtis. Awesome. Uh, Curtis, uh, bubble and inspiration for, for literally inspiring your two com- compatriots. <laughs> just like a real bar. You've moved through this door. Yeah, seriously. You've moved through this doorway, and uh, you've arrived in a small circular arena, and as, as you look around, you can see no visible way in or out, save for the door you came in, which has now disappeared. The circular area is about 60 feet in diameter with several major features. The walls are high, and they're lined with blazing torches, currently emanating far more heat and light than seems natural. Tall boulders and rocks are scattered throughout the area. A small river with a strong current runs in a circle around the centerpiece of the room. The river encircles a large table with an orb at each of three points, dividing it into three equal area pie slices. Each orb is carved with the rune of an element. You can recognize nature, water, and fire. Atop the table is a small wheel apparatus affixed to the table and currently pointing at the red fire orb. Lastly, you see three piles of armor on the ground, on the banks of the small river. The halfling man says, I'll give you a few moments to make any preparations you need. Good luck! He pulls a wand from his pocket and begins to prepare a, uh, an incantation. I'm going to trot over to the armor. Okay, cool. So with that, um, I guess uh, you, don't know, you don't know his name. So uh, the, the halfling uh, wisps his wand around and actually just uh, vanishes in a puff of, of uh, light white smoke. And uh, you guys are now alone in this room, and you can hear a, uh, a ticking sound uh, as it begins to slowly uh, speed upward, indicating that it's counting down. And so you move over to the armor. Yeah, I'm not going to die here. Okay. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to put some on. <laughs> All right. So as you as you look around the armor, you're actually already wearing some armor, I think. Uh, well, I'm not sure about that, actually. You're, no, you're a wizard. Um, okay, cool. So so you head over to this uh, armor and you can see uh, pieces of varying sizes. It's, it's large, bronze, and, and very rusty. It looks old, but... Uh, it looks like you can you can manage to put some sort of uh, some sort of piece on you. Make a, like a makeshift breastplate of some kind if you want to. Uh, so you so yeah so you put that on and you will have the equivalent of uh, of I guess what would it be? It'd be medium armor. All right. So is that another two to my armor class? I believe so. Yes. You can look that up in the if you take a quick look in the compendium for me while oh, yeah. we resolve anything else. And so you hear that tick sound continue to decrease. Hmm. So, Yisra's gonna, if he's not already... You've all got time for about an action if you want to take something. Gonna okay. head into... What's Yisra gonna do? Uh, you said the the pie slice that was signified by fire was being pointed to in some way? Correct. Gotcha. So head towards the table, then. So you said there's a table in the middle with runes on it? Correct. And one, it's pointing to one, the fire Correct. rune? Correct. Okay. Well, what happens if we kind of go over and look at, examine that more closely? Sure. Yeah, you can make an investigation check. Okay. Uh, Eighteen. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the you see this this circular device, and in the center of it is a it's a wheel, and at the very center of it is an arrow that's pointing directly at the fire rune, and you can see that the fire rune is actually glowing uh, a, a bright burning red, and seems more pronounced than the other two orbs at this table. Okay. I would like to point it towards a different orb. Okay. Uh, this ticking sound uh, speeds up again as uh, you you're realize you're about to be out of time. And so which are you pointing it at? There is... Uh, uh, the left one. 
Sure. Uh, so you point it over at, at the one that is labeled with the rune nature. And as you do so, uh, every one of the rocks in the area around you all of a sudden uh, almost like beefs up. They all become jagged and point outward in different directions and increase in size drastically. And at the same moment, it's a very jarring transition. A very, It's almost like they all like shot out like spikes in, in every direction and the flames from the torches die down. Oh. Okay. As in, it's dark? It is dim, but it is not dark. Got it. So it's not super duper bright It is not super duper bright anymore, correct. And with that, you hear uh, the ticking sound runs out. And at that exact moment, the remaining pile of armor next to you, Samick, begins to animate. Oh, gosh. As do the other two on the banks of this river. And so these pieces begin to take shape and begin to stand upright, and they make three humanoid forms and begin to drain um, the elements of the area. And all of a sudden, uh, water from this river starts to pool together and cluster inside one of the suits of armor. And you can see little uh, chunks of ice floating inside it as this water elemental takes shape in front of you. At the same time, you can see flames from these torches uh, also begin to collect themselves and enter into the second set of armor, forming a similar fire elemental, dripping molten globs of like a, almost like a lava-like fluid as he walks around and, and takes shape of its surroundings. But both of them are roughly the size of, of your average human. They're humanoid in shape, but they pale in comparison to the size of the earth elemental that manifests before you as rocks from the area just break free and form this gigantic form as uh, these, it almost looks like he doesn't fit, like he's wearing a t-shirt that's too small, what, trying to fit inside these uh, pieces of armor that have given him this human shape as he stands up in front of you. And we are going to roll initiative. All right. Whew. Uh, five. Uh, Fifteen. Nice. Six. Six for Israel. My rolling is on point tonight. Yeah, you are crushing it, man. <laughs> Uh, okay, and oh, also, now's a pretty good time before we start to remind you guys of the damage that you've already taken. So you started with, uh, I gave all of your characters starting health amounts, and you are going to now deduct the damage that you took in the first area. Yep. I am down to 12 hit points. Sick. <laughs> uh, we're going to start at the top of the order, and that goes to Curtis. So, Curtis, you are up. Uh, you guys, uh, two of you are at this table uh, in the center of the room, and uh, there is a river in between you or a, a small river, but a river nonetheless, in between you and all three of these elementals. They are equally spaced uh, around this table. And uh, Samick, you are actually right in front of, I believe it was the water elemental. Yep. And I w we are up to you, Curtis. You are up first, sir. Okay. Um, I would like to um, utilize Thunder Wave. Nice. Um, Why don't you read it out for me? How does that work? All right, Thunder Wave is a wave of thunderous force that sweeps out from me. Each creature in a 16-foot cube originating from you makes a constitution saving throw. Um, on a failed save, a creature takes 2d8 2D thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from me. Nice. Um, on a successful save, they take half as much damage. It is I like pushed. it. Okay, uh, what is what is the instrument of choice to generate this Thunder Wave? Yeah, it just kind of comes, comes blasting forth from the loot. Thunder. <laughs> Da, na, 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 na. Thunder. As only a lute can play it. <laughs> yes, as All only right. a lute what was can. The, what was the save again? 
Spell cast spell save DC is. Oh, your spell save DC is twelve. What is? No, that's my. Yeah, but what is the stat I need to roll? Is the question. So I need to beat a twelve with a Constitution saving throw. Okay. Yes. Constitution. You guys don't have stellar Constitution, so it's not too bad. Um, And uh, so, if I'm not mistaken, that also means that I think Yezra is going to take this too, right? Am I? Is that how? That's. How these spells work? Probably. <laughs> because it says each creature, so I would assume so. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, Yizra, you are also going to need to make a constitution saving throw, please. And I will roll for the elementals. Is it because I'm next to Curtis? It is because you are next to Curtis. Awesome. I believe that you guys are both at the table, so it, both, it emanates out from that table, and you will hit all three of the elementals, but also Yizra. And uh, actually, all three of them (laughs) failed, so let me know what happens with that damage roll. And one of them critical failed, so I don't don't think that matters for these types of spells. Uh, Well, I rolled a 8 and a 7, so that looks like 15 to me. So that's 15 points of damage to each one of the elementals. I rolled an 11. Okay, cool. So you also failed. Awesome. (laughs) Which is a real bummer. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Did you say 15 points of damage? Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Curtis makes a new best friend and sends him down to the ground. My goodness. Well. So that, that's, a, that's a great amount of damage as you send uh, um, Yisro flying across the room, and, uh, and uh, he lands in a clump off to the side right now. <laughs> What's up? Who's next? Uh, is going to be Yisro. So, Yisro, we're going to start your, your combat encounter with a death save, please. <laughs> All right. As Yisra is laying on the ground, hoping for the best, he doesn't know what ACDC is, but he knows he hates it. (laughs) (laughs) It's armor class difficulty class? That's going to be a nine, so hanging in there. Hanging in there. A nine is a failure, so you're going to bubble in one death save. Yep. And then we're going to go straight to Samick. All right. Curtis, what in the nine hells are you doing? You're supposed to fire at these people. I did fire at those people. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch a, uh, a firebolt at the water guy right next to me, and it's gonna be 18. Wow. Uh, 18 versus AC, and <laughs> damn, Samick. And five damage. And five damage. Uh, and as you shoot your firebolt at this water elemental, uh, you you notice that it fizzles as it lands. You hear you see a hiss, and it it almost looks like it didn't affect it as hard as you thought it would. He will not take all of that damage. Okay. Well. <laughs> so the next up is the fire elemental is going to actually move towards the back of the room, and he's going to stand next to some of the dimmed uh, torches, and you see him starts to wind up, but you don't know what he's going to do. And he begins, he starts uh, spinning around a, a little ball of fire in his hands. And that's actually going to be all of his turn. The nature elemental is uh, going to start to move across the water. And uh, you can see that he actually can move pretty easily across it. And he walks over to you, uh, Curtis, and he's going to ball up a, a, a large stone fist and swing at you. Does a 15 beat your armor class? Yes. It does. Okay, then he's going to hit you for three points of damage. And so he, he hits you for three... Bl- uh, it's not blunt. What is it called? Um, bludgeoning. Bludgeoning? Bludgeoning damage. Thank you. Uh, three points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And then the water elemental is going to... Samick, right in front of you, is going to actually uh, disengage from you 
and he's going to move into the river behind you. Can I take an opportunity attack? Uh, you can. I would like to hit him with uh, my dagger. All right. If and you don't mind. Go for it. So I'm going to, let's see, uh, 12 versus AC. It does. It hits. And a four piercing damage. And you do four piercing damage. And as you try to strike him with this this dagger as he goes away, and this this dagger like cuts right through this this like watery substance that is his body, but it actually doesn't do as much damage as you were hoping, and he takes two. Ah! Okay. <laughs> and uh, next up is uh, Curtis. We're back to the top. All right. Um, <clears throat> Yesi, what's your character's name again? I'm sorry. Yisra. Um, I will go over to Yisra, and I will use cure wounds okay what does cure wounds do for for healing um it is uh, a creature i touch regains hit points equal to 1d8 plus my spell casting ability mod nice all right so you use these cure wounds and uh as you as you play in what song uh, it's more of just sorrowful tones like like trying to really <laughs> let him know that i'm i'm I didn't mean to do what I did. I'm sorry. Um, uh, okay, so you hear these these uh, sad, sad tunes play as uh, you are lifted from from the ground, Yisra, and you get uh, what was that? Whatever that roll was, you get that many hit points back. Six hit points. <laughs> I was at negative three, which puts me at a whopping three now. Congratulations. We're gonna send you up from zero, so you'll be at six. All right, cool. So you are up at six hit points, and it is now your turn, unless Curtis is gonna do something else. No, that's, that'll be it. Okay. Okay, so at this point, the closest elemental to me is going to be which one? So at present, you actually can't see the water elemental. He is somewhere inside the river. The fire em- elemental is far away from you and winding up, and the earth elemental is currently directly in front of Curtis and looks really beefy. So I'm going to start running towards the one that's near Curtis. Okay. Da- rapier, rapier drawn. All right. And going to try to attack him. Okay. Uh, you will make that attack, and uh, you will actually have disadvantage. Oh, my. Okay. So that's going to be a 10 total. A 10 total is not enough, as you your your rapier bounces right off the thick, uh, viney rock skin of this elemental. Is there anything else you're going to do with your turn? No, I think I'm good here. This is this feels right. Yeah, it feels right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is Samick. Yeah, so as Joe first. Uh, yeah, I looked it up. And I've never used disengage in my combat, so I didn't realize that I don't take uh, take opportunity attacks with that action. So my apologies. That's okay. You tried to stab a puddle, so it all worked out. Hey, uh, all right. Sassy <laughs> <laughs> <in> pants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a DM spoiler alert here, team. <laughs> don't don't stab puddles. There's more than punch these till they die. <laughs> uh, can I use an arcana check to? Just try to get the scope of what exactly is going on here. Sure, roll it up. That is a uh, 16 plus 3. Uh, 9. Or, sorry, 19. 19. I was going to say, like, <laughs> what's going on That's here? That's bad math. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so with a 19, you are looking at three um, elementals, and it looks like one of them is charged up. Now, you know that uh, elementals are quite susceptible to damage of other specific other elements. Uh-huh. And uh, it looks like uh, there, there's interplay that's going on right now. Got it. Do I have any bearing on the water elemental at all? Or just that it's in the puddle? 
Uh, it is. It's, you can see like the shards of armor just like floating around and moving around as a unit. So you would be able to target it if you had uh, a spell that might that might work. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess it depends on what you do. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna run up to the water and stick my hands in it uh, and use chill touch. All right, I like it. Uh, okay, uh, so you're gonna roll up and, and use chill touch on the water, and so you walk over to the edge of the riverbanks. You place your hands in and you use chill touch. I will. You won't need to make an attack there because it's just it's just water there. And as you do so, the entire river freezes over nice. and is now becomes a uh, a, a sheet of ice with this uh, elemental uh, sort of stuck underneath it. You can see the current still moving. It is a sheet on top, but it is otherwise frozen. Nice turn, Samic. Um, and uh, Samic, bubble and inspiration for some uh, some solid use of skills and checks. Hey yo, rocking that evocation wizard here. Uh, okay, and so we're gonna move on to the elementals. So actually, we'll start with the water elemental, who's gonna try and break out. Uh, and you know, what I think is reasonable is he'll make a strength check against your spell DC, which is what uh, Samic. I know you just told me, but I forgot. It's something stupid high, right? Eleven. Is eleven? What a crazy uh-huh. number. Uh, okay. <laughs> So he's going to try and make a strength save, which is, in fairness is not actually his strong suit, so we'll see. Is an 8, so he he bangs up against this sheet of ice and actually cannot escape and remains imprisoned in this uh, this watery hole right now. Take that, you monster! And uh, so with that, we'll move over to the fire elemental, who is going to... Uh, he's been winding up this, this fireball, and he's actually going to throw it at the two of you, Curtis and Yezra, as you guys are standing right near one another, it's going to be a dexterity saving throw for you guys. So it, the DC is 12. So tell me what you roll. Uh, 18 plus 2 is 20. All right. That's a 17 for me. And a 17. So you guys are both going to save, and also the Earth Elemental is going to... Oh, man. He's actually going to critically fail, so he doesn't even get to resist it with his damn size. Uh, okay, <laughs> so um, all right, so this uh, this blast of fire damage is going to hit all three of you, and that's going to be for seven damage, which you guys will split in half. So you guys both take Jeez, three okay. each, and the earth elemental will take all seven. Uh, okay, and then uh, the earth elemental, or I keep saying earth, the nature elemental um, is... Uh, in front of you guys, and he is going to uh, take a, a big charged up swing at you, Curtis, and he's going to roll four. Thirteen? Uh, that ties. That ties. Joe, I'm a bad DM. Does that mean he wins or loses? Uh, ties go to the roller, right? goes to the, the attacker. attacker. So that's a hit. And he's going to hit you for four points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. All right, and that is it for the elementals. Uh, as the fire elemental is still in the in the back row, the water elemental is still frozen under the ice, and the nature elemental is still standing in front of you, all all big and charged up. And then it's my turn. It is. All right, I'm going to try to use shatter. How does shatter work? It'll be a sudden, loud, ringing, painful, intense noise that will erupt from a, a sphere, basically. And everyone in the creatures in the vicinity will make a uh, constitution saving throw. So I'm going to pick sort of in the middle of the three elementals, hopefully away from all of us. Uh, Okay. Um, So I don't think, uh, based on your present circumstances, I don't think you have a, a, shall we say, clean shot here at the water. Sure. uh, Elemental, but you'll hit the other two. Okay, that's Uh, fine. So 
and I believe that's like a sonic kind of thing, right? Sonic, some sort of like sound reverberation damage sort of thing? Yeah. Excellent. Well, it's thunder damage, but... Yeah. Cool. Uh, so you use shatter and hit. You're gonna hit the fire and the nature elemental. So okay. Uh, they. What's the save they make? Sorry, I missed it. Uh, it's a constitution. Constitution saving, saving throw. throw. And so they're going to. One of them is going to critically succeed, and the other is going to fail. So that will be the fire elemental is going to. I don't. I don't think critical saves do much. So. Uh, They'll just take normal damage, and the Earth Elemental is actually going to take a lot of damage uh, from this particular attack. So why don't you uh, roll that damage for me? Plus four, plus seven is 16. Wow. Um, and then um, if they successfully save, they take half the damage. So. Cool. All right. So, cool. So the, uh, the Fire Elemental is only going to take eight, and then the Earth Elemental is going to take a whopping 32 points of damage. <laughs> As uh, the sound, you see this, this, this. The reverberations of this attack are going to have several effects at once. As the this cacophony of noise causes the earth elemental to crumble apart and just bursts into like pebbles and go everywhere. Um, as uh, this earth elemental co- collapses to the ground in a pile of, of stones, and in doing so, you actually also shatter one portion of the sheet of ice covering this river. Oh, uh, the, yeah, the ice breaks up and starts uh, floating and, and collecting uh, with the current at what ed- one edge of the hole you've created. And everyone is trying to do these things, and I keep messing up everyone else's stuff, and I feel <laughs> bad. <laughs> Look, I know what shatter does, and I thought you were just going to murder the shit out of Yisra. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was I was trying to avoid... Like, I, I was listening like, is he really going to do this spell? This is going to just kill him. <laughs> no, I was, <laughs> I was, I was just going to do it for me. Like, I was very scared. Not going to lie. I was actually really excited. <laughs> but but no. then I heard you explain your move, and it made a lot more sense, and it was very sensible. Uh, so kudos for learning from your, your yes. passing. Yeah, learning, learning from mistakes. Uh, Yisra, with your, your new lease on life, it is your, your move. So Yisra feels very, um, shall we say, downtrodden, because he just saw Curtis just basically demolish this thing, and he's looking down at his rapier and looking back up at Curtis. <laughs> and he's going to go back towards the center table, and he's going to see if anything has changed there. Excellent. Uh, yeah, um, so I guess the... I won't, yeah, you don't need to make a perception check for this. So you've noticed that um, as this... Uh, light has gone out. Uh, what was formerly a, a, a bright green uh, like leaf centered on this orb that was lit. Uh, the contraption itself, without any interaction from you, has started to move. And as you turn around to look at it, it actually is mid-movement as it shifts around to uh, water. As you, as you see this shift over to the, the water sigil, uh, the current of the, the river drastically increases, and you can only see it through this one created hole in the sheet of ice that you guys are, uh, have just created with this shatter spell. And so you can see the, the waves crashing against the edge of the ice flow um, as uh, the water current has drastically increased. Yeah, so do you have an action or a move? I'm going to ready my short bow, and I'm going to... Try to fire an arrow at the fire guy. All right. Okay, cool. So uh, you make a ranged attack on this fire elemental. So why don't you make that attack? Uh, that is going to be a 17. A 17 is going to hit. Four piercing damage. Four piercing damage. Okay, cool. You send this arrow flying across, and uh, it you make it all the way across. It, it, it fires and hits your target dead center. The, the, the satisfying thud that uh, you sort of feel like you're familiar with, and yet 
don't actually you've never actually physically experienced it yet it you you almost know what you should be seeing happen as this arrow flies through the air it actually passes through the fire elemental and he'll take some damage but not as much as you'd thought the arrow actually lands on the other side of the on the other side of the wall or excuse me on on the wall behind him and it is a flame the arrow is nice and uh so four so that's going to do two damage this fire elemental I feel vastly out of my depths here, guys. <laughs> no kidding. It's my turn, right? Yep. And you said that the little dial in the middle was on the uh, water? Yes, it is. Which indicates that it's stronger. Uh, I'm going to run up to the uh, to the fire elemental. Okay. And I'm going to cast Chill Touch on it again. Okay. Or I guess for the first time. Uh, for the first time, yeah. And I rolled a three. So, okay. uh, Sully, that's not going to hit. It's not. I don't think it is. Uh, I'm glad I have you with me so I can check in for numbers like this. It's, uh-huh. it's pretty good. Uh, okay, so with a three, uh, you are not going to hit. And then, um, who's next? Initiative order. What am I doing? Elementals are going to go next uh, because I'm guessing that's going to end Samick's turn. Uh, the fire elemental is going to go first, and he's actually just going to turn to you, Samick, and he's actually just going to wrap you in, in his arms. He's going to grab you, and so I need you to make a strength contest. Okay, and Oof. 13. Three. Nice. Okay, so he is not able to grab you, and that is a real bummer because that's going to end his turn. <laughs> and uh, then the water elemental, uh, who you guys have not seen up until this point, is uh, you guys are looking at this this hole in the ice where he's coming up, and he actually comes crashing up let me roll that. Yeah. He comes crashing up through the ice behind you and is going to send a just a blast of, of water. And he looks much like the Earth Elemental was before. He looks quite large, right? He's very big, uh, much bigger than he was before. And he sends this wave at you and is going to try and knock you guys into the icy current. And so I need you both to roll a strength saving throw, please. You both being who? Uh, sorry, the two uh, by the table, which are Yisra and Curtis. Got it. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. You're you're not both standing next to one another anymore. This is just for Curtis. A uh, twelve. A twelve is uh, not going to be enough, but is not bad enough for you to get knocked into the water. So you're actually just going to take one d six of water damage. You're going to take two points of damage, and you're going to be knocked onto the ground. Okay. So you are now rendered prone, Curtis. And, okay, that is going to do it for the elementals. That's it. Back to the top of the order. All right, so I guess first things first, stand up. <laughs> nice. Um, then I'm going to use True Strike on the Fire Elemental. Uh, okay, how does True Strike work? True Strike um, lets me get a brief glimpse into the weaknesses of the person I'm targeting, basically. Nice. Oh, neat. All right. Uh, as you look at this fire elemental and you use this 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 ability, the spell, like you can immediately, for a brief moment, hear almost exactly what it's thinking, and it is scared, senseless of that water. Mm-hmm. It does not want to be anywhere near that elemental or that river. Okay. And uh, that's yeah, that's it's the number one thing on its mind right now. Cool. I'm gonna yell out to my party members that are Samick, push him in the water. I. All right, uh, which brings us up to Yisra. You're hanging out by that table. You had just uh, examined it and and fired a shot at the fire elemental. So what's up? Okay. 
so at this point, I can deduce that this table is telling us something, and if I remember correctly, whenever uh, Curtis touched it, it did affect our surroundings as well, right? Like, we can interact with it? Uh, yes. So Yusra, being a little headstrong, is going to take out his dagger, and he's going to try to just stab the arrow, like, in the middle of the table, I'm assuming. Okay, so you're trying to break the contraption? Yes. Okay. Uh, why don't you make a strength check, then? Right on. That is going to be... Uh, that's only a 12. It is only a 12. Uh, okay. Uh, your dagger sticks directly into the table and otherwise has no effect. Damn. Good thinking. All right. Um, so, uh, Yizra, if you want to move or, or bonus action or anything of that nature... I'm going to try to position myself between, um, on the far side of the fire elemental, or across the room from him directly, I should say. And that'll be it. Okay. Yisra, try to go after the orbs. What? Try to go after the orbs. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Yizra moves away to the other side of the room and hears this command from Curtis. Um, and that will uh, end your turn. And Yizra, make a stealth check for me to see if you are hidden from view. That's a 15. That's a 15. All right. Yizra, you can consider yourself hidden for the time being as you sort of duck in the shadows of these rocks surrounding the, the center uh, of the room. And Samick, that brings us to you. I um, I am going to use Chill Touch on this fire guy, and I'm going to try to push him into the water. Can I make two moves at the same time? Or not two moves, but... Uh, Tell you what, I'll let you do both, and you'll have disadvantage on one of them. I'll and you can it. choose if it's the push or the Chill Touch. Yeah, I'm going to roll disadvantage on the Chill Touch. Okay, so you're going to focus on the push aspect of it, but you'll be doing so Actually, with Chill Touch. You know I'm, what? I'm on board with that. Can I use my inspiration on the Chill Touch? And yes, you can. roll straight with the uh, with the push? You can. So, yeah, you'll be using Chill Touch and trying to direct him into the water. I love it. Uh, why don't you make uh, both of those uh, All right. one, two. We'll do Chill Touch first and then the push afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chill Touch is going to be 14 versus AC. That is going to hit. So Chill Touch hits him. And that's going to do uh, <laughs> three necrotic damage. Wait. Ooh, Chill Touch is necrotic? Yeah. Whoops. All right. Yeah, despite sick, the name. W- way, to, way to freeze that river with necrotic damage, Joe. <laughs> it's, it's a homebrew. It's a, home, it's a homebrew. We're, we're all learning here. You know, oh, the, ch- the chill is very misleading. This is what I get. This is what I get. There's two DMs on this podcast, Joe. What are we doing here? I didn't here? set this up, so <laughs> I'll throw you under the bus for that. Fair enough. Three points in necrotic damage goes to the fire elemental as you try and uh, push him into this water. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you know, okay. Um, and so to push him, do you want me to add a strength mod to this? Uh, I do. 11. I want to just be a strength it. check. 11. And I am. And it is a twelve. Ugh. As he uh, as he goes flying back, and he gets near the riverbanks, and and he doesn't have many facial features, but you can tell from his body language that he is incredibly uncomfortable just being where he is. As he falls to the riverbank, uh, r- just shy of the water, 
And uh, okay, so we move on to the elementals. So the water elemental is going to, where is he? He just pushed you guys with uh, the wave. He is going to, he's going to move over towards you, Curtis, and he's going to try and just engulf you in water and uh, just bringing you within him himself. And so I'm going to need you to make a, what do you think that would be? Dexterity to see if you can escape it. So make a dexterity check for me, please. Or a save, I should say. Ten. A ten is a failure. Uh, Curtis, you are swept inside this water elemental. Okay. And you can okay. consider yourself uh, restrained and struggling to breathe for the foreseeable future. Uh, all right, the fire elemental is going to stand up, and he's going to charge at you, Samick, and uh, he's going to try and basically uh, do the same thing he did last time. He's going to try and grab you. Okay. And so we should do another strength contest. Uh, he's probably going to do it. I rolled a four. I rolled an eight, and I thought I was going to fail. Okay, so with that, uh, he grapples you, and both of you are now con can consider yourself grabbed as uh, he grips you with fiery arms and simply just, he almost bear hugs you and holds you as he continues to run towards the wall, and you're going to take 1d6 of fire damage, which I will let you roll now. All right, and I rolled a two. And you rolled a two. Not bad. So you take that much fire damage. Gotcha. And... Uh, we will move on to uh, Curtis, top of the order. You are currently trapped inside this water elemental. So first, I'm gonna before you make a turn, I'm going to have you make a constitution saving throw. Okay. As you struggle for air. 15. 15. All right, you save and can continue holding your breath. What will be your turn? Okay. Um, I'm going to attempt to use shatter from within the elemental <laughs> I love okay it. <laughs> i love it uh all right and so how does shadow work would that hit would that hurt you or does it emanate from you uh so it says each creature in a 10 foot radius um makes a constitution saving throw so if i count as each creature then i assume that i would have to make a check also but all right i assume cool. this is more uh, of a long range attack in theory but I agree. I think this is yeah. I think this is emanating from a point which will include you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, Curtis, you are going to also have to make this save, and so you cast shatter on your own person basically, and this uh, thunderous force emits from outward, and uh, I will. Because it is literally starting from the point inside this elemental moving outwards, I'm going to give the water elemental disadvantage here, and I will. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll make those rolls now. Okay. So the, the elemental is going to roll a disadvantage and you will just roll regular. And it's what, what's the save and what's my DC? Um, the save is 12. Um, I'm not sure what your DC is. That's okay. I rolled a five and a two, so doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what stat it is because he fails real hard. And I rolled a 13. And you rolled a 13. Okay, cool. So that does save, actually. So you'll take half damage of your own spell. And okay. as this uh, cacophony of thunderous <laughs> noise and force uh, emanates from within this, basically within this elemental, why don't you roll that damage for me? Six plus five plus eight is 19. Wow. Okay. 19 points of damage to the water elemental as... Uh, actually, what you guys see happen is this water elemental basically explodes, sends water and droplets and 
bits of armor flying in every direction, and then that water starts to slowly pool back together, but hasn't quite uh, resolved yet. Very cool. So you see these uh, these puddles start to move towards the center spot where it just exploded from, and uh, you will take how much? Uh, half of nineteen, so nine. Nine points of damage. All right. So I'll go to negative one. Okay, so you'll go to negative one as your own spell <laughs> takes you and no. knocks you unconscious as uh, Curtis collapses to the ground uh, where this water elemental used to stand. Okay, uh, and that ends Curtis's turn. That's a, oh, man, Curtis, you draw, you're, you got some turns, man. This is great stuff. Uh, all right, Yizra, uh, from the shadows. Uh, what is what's up? Right on. I'm going to look around the room and see if there's anything I could put, like, water in, some sort of vessel to hold it. You don't see much, but I do think you probably have something passable in the pack you're holding. Uh, what's in your inventory? Use the backpack itself. Well, I have a burglar's pack. You have a burglar's pack, yeah, so I don't know what's in that, or I think, uh, as Samick just pointed out, you can maybe use the pack itself or something, but yeah. uh, I guess what I'm getting at is there you don't see anything in your immediate vicinity that is an obvious... Uh, uh, vessel for carrying something. So I'm gonna dump out whatever's in my burglar's pack. Okay. And I'm gonna run to the river and fill it up with water. <laughs> All right. So you dump out the burglar's pack. You see thieves' tools fall to the ground. I think there's a there's usually like a big pack of ball bearings that come out and start rolling across the floor. You guys see all these tools that you you somehow you actually know how to use each and every one of them as they all just like 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 a little trap making kit falls to the ground. You see little like like strings and other things as you start uh, sprinting over to the water and you're going to try and fill up your bag with this water. And so you can get over there, and, and your bag is, is, is now full of water, but is, is you can see it dripping through rather quickly, and you have a bag full of water. Cool. So, I don't know if I can run over to the fire elemental again at this point. Uh, I think you can make it almost, I don't think you can make it all the way to like right in front of him, but you can get pretty close. So I'm going to do that then. Okay. Uh, so you, you start moving over towards the the fire elemental with this bag uh, full of dripping water. Uh, I love it. And okay, uh, next up is Samick. So like, can you explain the uh, setting a little more? Just remind me of what all is going on. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, right now you guys are you're in this big courtyard. There's large torches that are uh, emanating dim light surrounding uh, the area around the walls. You see tall large stone rocks that are just sort of scattered around the area. Yeah. And there's a river encircling a table in the center of this uh, this courtyard. Uh, currently, the water elemental is standing in basically on the center island where Curtis has just exploded him. Uh, the fire elemental is holding you on the outside, and Yizra is somewhere in, among the rocks in the in the center. If you consider, like, the entire arena to be, like, three concentric circles, right. then you're on the outer one, Yizra's in the middle, and uh, Curtis is in the center. Uh, I'm going to, th thanks for reminding me, I am going to, uh, first and foremost, try to get the heck out of this guy's grasp. Okay, so why don't you make a strength check? Strength check is a 19 plus 1. It is a 20, so with that, you burst out of his grip, and you're now standing uh, right in front of this fire elemental. Okay, I don't get a move action, right? Uh, you do get a move action because you just broke his grip, so you're no longer grappled. But you do have to take 1d6 of fire damage at the start of your turn. That's totally fine. Because you did begin being held. I am now down to 5 hit points. Um, I would like to run the heck over to a to the nearest torch on the wall. 
Okay, uh, which brings us to the elementals. So the fire elemental is going to, as you break his grip, he's been charging up this attack, and he's going to turn and sort of throw it in your direction. Um, and with your, I think cover adds to AC, if I'm not mistaken. So you'll add, have two on top of your AC right now as he throws this, uh, this ball of fire at you. And that will be an attack of 17. Against me? Against you. Uh, with that plate I added earlier that uh, boosted me up to 14, uh, it's still going to hit. <laughs> it is still going to hit. Okay, cool. So he's going to roll and hit you for, God, I can't roll higher than two on these freaking fire rolls. Good. Uh, so yeah, you'll take you'll take two points of fire damage. Down to three. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Charge attacks. All right. Let's see what else. Uh, what's the water elemental going to do? He's standing on the center island, and he's still this giant mass of water. And he's actually going to head over towards you, Yezra, and he's going to try and engulf you in himself, the same way he did Curtis earlier. So you're going to have to make a dexterity save to try and evade and escape his clutches. All right. Uh, that's actually going to be a nat 20. A nat 20. All right. So you actually just like sidestep his movements exactly. And he actually loses sight of you. And you can consider yourself hidden for the next turn <laughs> with awesome. that deck save. All right. So Yizra uses the attack to his advantage. I like that. And that does it for the elementals. So now you've got a, a large water elemental who's looking around for Yizra. And you've got a fire elemental focused on Samick right now with Curtis still on the ground. Speaking of, let's... Let's tune over to our hero, Curtis. How we doing? Um, all right. Oh, that's a nine. That's a nine. So that's one death. One death. <laughs> one failed death save. And we'll move on to Yizra. So Yizra, now's your moment. What's it going to be? So I'm going to attempt to, like, tie off the pack and then throw it in the fire elemental's direction, then whip out an arrow and see if I can hit it and burst it in his face. Oh my goodness, this is incredible. Of course you can do this, Yizra. I love it. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Yizra... <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. All right, so Yizra tosses the pack into the air and uh, rips an arrow through it, and let's let's see it, Yizra. Here we go. Make your, your range attack. Okay, I almost thought I had another nut 20, but... It's uh, going to be a 16 total. A 16 total, which is still more than enough. You line this shot up almost perfectly, and uh, you, you send this pack flying through the air at this elemental, and you shoot it with this arrow. It bursts everywhere, and water comes cascading over this fire elemental and drops all on him, and you can see this mist flaring upwards everywhere as he just screams. Uh, he, actually, he doesn't scream. He doesn't have a voice. What am I talking about? As he's just flailing around clearly in pain. And he will take, let's see, I guess you're not really attacking with your bow, but sneak attack's still going to proc. So he's going to take 2d8 of water damage, and on top of that, sneak attack will go. So, or I guess more specifically, he's going to take 1d8 of water damage, which will double because he's a fire elemental. And so he's going to take 10 points of water damage, followed by sneak attack. So why don't you roll that? All right. That's 5. Plus I don't know what yeah I don't know what the dice the sneak attack do. It's two d six. I got a five and a two. So you do two d six on top of it. Cool. Uh, so you get a five and a two. So that's seven with seventeen points of damage. That fire elemental just fizzles out as the water itself consumes him and he just drops to the ground and the flames start to just burn out into little embers as there's now just a pile of bronze armor sitting on the ground. 
Great turn, Yezra. <laughs> that was a great turn. That was cool. Yeah, well done. All right. In clutch. Yeah, seriously. He's, in fairness, he's had enough failed attempts that he deserves a big win. <laughs> uh, all right, Samick, what's up? Uh, right, so I guess I just have that fire elemental. Or, sorry, the water elemental left, right? Remaining is a water elemental, and... uh, which has, I believe, not taken more than two <laughs> wide area shots from Curtis. So I'm going to run over to the pond and then just, like, chill touch it. Yeah, okay, so you're going to refreeze the, the river is basically what's happening. So you will then uh, yeah, you will use chill touch on the water again, which with necrotic damage, as we've established in fiction, clearly freezes something. Obviously. Uh -huh. And <laughs> we will, it, it coats it in ice, and the river is once again solid. Right on. Do, do I not get to do damage on this? Uh, I mean, you, you just kind of use your action to chill touch the river, right? Yeah. What are you but expecting? What are you expecting to happen? What are you angling for? Well, because chill touch also has a damage. Yeah, but oh, you're doing it to the water elemental. Is that what you're doing? What like because you're effectively just freezing a river where there is nothing right oh, now, God. right? <laughs> yeah. Have I missed something? Yeah. Have I missed a data point? No, I was missing a data point. See, I, I, in my head, I'm picturing the water elemental, t uh, like, touching touching the pond and, like, coming out uh, of the pond. Like. Okay, while that would have been baller, why don't we rewind? Because I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't want to cheat... I want to cheat you out of a turn because we were on it... Because we may not have described it well enough to... Yeah, to each sorry. other. Okay, in uh, that so case, I'm going to run over to the water elemental himself... Okay. Itself, not the, not, not the pond. <laughs> and I'm going to chill touch... The water elemental. All right, so you're going to run over to the water elemental and chill touch, which I will make you make an attack for. X, uh, yeah. That's so going to be 12. All right. Uh, 12 beats his armor class. So you do chill touch the water elemental, and he will freeze solid uh, for this next turn. As, uh, yeah, you, you you touch an icy hand to, to this elemental, and he just uh, all of a sudden locks up tight and is now a, a frozen humanoid figure of ice. Now do I get to do damage? Yes, you do. Perfect. <laughs> and I critted on that die, so it's going to do nice. eight so necrotically cold damage. Necrotically icy damage. In fairness, in many contexts, ice and ice and necrotic are, are two similar things, although they're definitely different sources of damage in D&D. &D. Uh, <laughs> but either way, I still like that turn. Okay, so he freezes up and takes out. Sorry, what was it? Eight? Uh, yes. Eight points of, of damage. Cool. And all right, so now you have this uh, frozen water elemental is now just standing there in front of you, locked in place, and he's actually just going to try and break out of the ice. So he's going to roll. And with a 16, he will, as he just, you see him basically almost like he flexes, and uh, the, the ice you just encased him in is going to shatter, and he's now standing again in front of you. But he has lost his turn, uh, which will bring okay. us back to Curtis. All right. Fifteen. Fifteen, which is one more save. So, Curtis, yeah, you, three. you have now stabilized, Curtis. Uh, cool. So you will be at one point, one health point next turn. Look at that. Moving right along. Yeah, you're, you're crushing it. It's, that, <laughs> it's, that, it's a relentless optimism from the start, Curtis, believe me. Yisra, you're up. So I'm going to dash over to where the nature elemental was shattered effectively. Okay. And I'm going to see if there's something there that I could weaponize, like a stick or 
a rock that I could throw. What do you throw in here? That's uh, are you like trying to like heave something big? Are you trying to throw something little? I think there's gonna be implications there depending on your choice. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be like a a manageable handful, I guess. Softball sized rocks. Softball sized rocks. Uh, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, all right, we will we will treat them like uh, daggers of bludgeoning damage, and I'll let you roll two attacks as you throw two soft rocks, softball rocks at him. Uh, so that first one is a nat twenty. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. Uh, so with the, yeah, the nat twenty. Uh, let's uh, roll your damage. It'll be it'll be two d four plus whatever your dexterity is. That is a seven total. Is a seven total. All right, as he takes seven points of damage, and uh, you 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 chuck this rock straight through his chest, and like you see like like <clears throat> water just like spatters in every direction, despite it being a relatively small uh, choice of weapon, and is it seems like it's incredibly effective. And uh, all right, make your second attack. All right, second one <laughs> is for four. Oh, and sorry, this is I'm treating this like a two-handed uh, attack, sort of, so you, that you will not add your dex mod to this second one. Cool, so that's a two. That's a two. Okay, cool. So with the, the second rock, uh, it does not hit as it goes wide, uh, but you, you have at least found a, 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 a solid source of damage as uh, this water elemental takes, takes a decent chunk uh, of bludgeoning damage from these rocks. And, all right, that brings us to Samick. I'm just gonna continue to spam this cult touch. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's a solid a, plan. Uh, and okay. that was a 17 plus three. Okay, another 20. A 17 is again uh, with a 17. You freeze him solid. This touch, which is very very chilly, it turns out, uh, continues to lock up this elemental in 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 stasis of ice. What's and that damage? That was a four damage. Four damage. He takes four more points of damage. Okay, and so now we have a water elemental that's frozen who is again going to try and escape. Aha! Getting, he's getting peeved. And he rolls a two. So you see him, like, shudder and, like, the ice, like, he, like it's not, it's like hairline cracks. He doesn't even really aggressively crack it as he tries <laughs> to break it open, but he can't quite free this, this lock that you've put on him. And that will end his turn as he is stuck there, and it, which brings us to Curtis uh, with one health point. <laughs> <laughs> who right. miraculously just stands to his feet. I will uh, stand. <laughs> what's it going to be, Curtis? You're standing, you're actually pretty close to a large frozen water elemental. I think I'm just going to be using uh, Cure Wounds this turn. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> All right, so you'll use Cure Wounds. Uh, I will try to heal myself some, which will be a whopping six All right. HP back. Curtis comes up to seven, seven hit points. Rejoining the fray, which brings us over to Yisra. Oh, oh, sorry, unless Curtis says there's any like bonus or, or movement or anything you want to do. Can I roll an arcana check um, about the water elemental? Like, try to piece together, because I'm uh, trying to figure out what its weakness is, since we figured out the other twos. Sure. Uh, make a check. That'll be a 13. All right, that'll be a 13. Uh, so with a 13, I guess like building on the, the checks and the experiences you've already had, what you come to realize is that there's like a, a rocks, paper, scissors relationship going on between these three elementals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one beats the other, which beats the other. So I need earth. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell um, at Joe, what's your character's name? Samick. One more time. 
Samick. I'm gonna yell at Samick. Rocks. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> not ice. Rocks. <laughs> All right. Um, let's uh, go to the next. Uh, who's up next? Um, that was Curtis with a miss, and now we're up to Yisra. So I go, yeah, rocks, as I continue to throw rocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so you're going to throw some more softballs? Uh, yeah. All right, so two more softballs. Uh, the volley's coming in. You're going to roll one with the dex mod and one without. Uh, first one's a 10. A 10, which is not a hit. And what's our second one? Uh, second one's a 9. The second one is a 9, which is also going to miss as you throw two more rocks and both of them go wide. It's going well. Going well, Yisra. The pitching career is is not looking, not looking super hopeful right now. Uh, Samick, it is your turn. Rocks. <laughs> and I find a rock and I just shove it in inside of him. All right. So you, uh, uh, yeah. Again, pay me a word picture. What's the what's the rock you're choosing here? Uh, I'm going to reach down. Can I do two hands for this? Yep. All right. So I'm gonna reach down and like palm size so like maybe a cantaloupe like a smaller cantaloupe size uh and i'm just going to like stick my stick both of my hands like reach around like bear hug style kind of like a grapple almost with uh with these rocks in my hands okay and and what swing into him yeah all right cool uh why don't you uh make that that'll be a melee attack with advantage melee attack with advantage we've been calling these d4s right uh no uh these are uh well it depends on the size of 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 what you're swinging with and you're using far more so i'm uh effectively just choosing die that are appropriate uh so you'll be well we're gonna call this uh a d8 sounds good okay um first one was a nine second one was a five so that was a nine plus one to hit so a ten a ten <laughs> With advantage, you rolled a 10, Joe. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that is not, nope. unfortunately, going to hit. As, like, these, all these rocks just sort of, like, chunk off of uh, this this frozen figure as you can't figure out. The rocks don't seem to work. Uh, I can't believe it. Uh, okay. And um, and then the water elemental is going to go again, and he's just going to try and break free. And he doesn't. God damn it. <laughs> Guys, I'm editing that entire round out, just so you know. Um, where nothing happened, that's he just, fair. He just stays there, uh, where nothing actually happened, and he just stays there frozen in space and time. And you guys get another opportunity to, to solve my ice puzzle. My God. Curtis, it's your turn. All right. Um, I'm going... Uh... I'm going to go over to Samick, and I'm going to ask him to help me lift up a very, very big rock, and we're just going to, like, lift it and just move, push it in the general direction of the water elemental, and hopefully that will do something. I help him. (laughs) All right, so you guys are going to jointly basically strike it with this big rock? Yeah, a big giant rock. All right, cool. So you guys take this big, this big boulder that you can lift between the two of you, and why don't you guys both uh, make a, uh, a like a joint strength roll? So we'll total it. And what's a, what would that number be? Um, it would be. Don't tell me what you rolled yet. I want to pick a, a DC that's based on forty. Um, you'll have to beat a 
30 between the two of you. I got a 17. I rolled a 5. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> As you can't lift this boulder, and it just sort of sits there on the ground. Man. <laughs> Yizra, you're up. Yizra, come help. Yizra? Is it my turn? Yeah. Right on. So you guys are trying to shove... I'm going to go help, yeah. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I will keep the difficulty class the same, and now all three of you make a strength check. I crit fail. <laughs> 19. <laughs> Yezra, what's it going to be? Yeah, 21? <laughs> nope. That's a, that's a whopping three. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. All right. This time's the one, you guys. This time's the one. <laughs> Water Elemental fails again. Put your back into it. You've got to be shitting me. <laughs> the Water Elemental fails again and remains frozen. Well, it hasn't even been the one. And waits for you to crush him with his, his boulder. Just patiently. He's just he's just hanging out waiting to die. <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> Seven. Oh, uh, okay. Fifteen. Alright, okay. there you go. So the three of you are able to heft up this giant boulder and you just sort of angle it and it almost like the weight of it lets it, you know, like you sort of start to, once it tips over and you start moving quickly in the direction it's following, you basically just guide gravity as this boulder sort of falls towards this water elemental encased in ice and it just absolutely crushes this elemental as this boulder falls and, and bashes through. It shatters into ice chunks everywhere and uh, as the ice starts to slowly dissolve or starts, starts to slowly melt, you, you don't see this water collecting or pooling anywhere as you have defeated this third elemental. I collapse just on the boulder by Moradin's uh, name. <laughs> and all three of you basically just like collapse in exhaustion after like just breaking every like pulling every muscle you apparently have trying to lift up rocks. <laughs> oh lord. So I And uh you take a breath for a moment and uh, sorry what was that? Uh, yes sir? As I'm laying there probably herniated I think to myself, <laughs> that was way harder the second time. <laughs> <laughs> so you all sort of take a break. You sort, you all lie down in this uh, on this island in the middle of this room. As the last of the elementals fall, the the halfling that you that you met at the start of this room reappears at the room center, and beckons you over from the elemental wheel. He doesn't even say anything, and just waves his wand again and vanishes in another puff of smoke. And uh, are you guys going willing to head over to this table? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> depends. Do you need a break? Do you need a moment? <laughs> I'm going to crawl over to the table, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you crawl over. You crawl over to this table, and uh, on the table you can see uh, three small cards. Um, about a, they're, they're, you see three small business cards, and upon inspection you can see the letters L J D flanked by these elemental symbols that were on the table. And uh, each of you grabs one of them as the darkness begins to return and cloud your vision. As everything goes dark and you lose all sensation, you hear a voice, and it says, Thank you for your insight. I'll keep working on this one. Good luck in your adventures. Perhaps we'll meet again. You hear this muffled laughter fade out as you open your eyes. 
You can feel the warmth and comfort of your bed at home, thinking you'd been relieved that it was just a dream until you roll over to get out of bed and you see your gear from the night before piled neatly, stacked in the corner of your bedroom. Resting on top is the business card you were given, your mysterious souvenir, proof of your time with the taker.